Welcome everybody to episode, oh shit, what is this, 127 of the Grave Plot Podcast. 127 hours, we're going to cut our arms off. I don't want to do that. Well, tough shit. Sometimes when you're stuck in a crevasse. But how am I going to jack off? Metaphorically speaking. Use the other one. Go lefty. (laughs) But what if I want to do the stranger? (laughs) Well, then use your severed arm. <laughs> anyway. That's fucked is, up. That is fucked up. All right. So this is episode 127 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. And uh, we're... So it's uh, it's, it's Snowmageddon, everyone. It is Snow the end of the world. Snowmageddon 2019. <laughs> it is the end of the world in Seattle. Um, and we are snowed in. Currently, Taylor and I are about 30 miles apart, recording separately, and really hoping this will sync up in the end. <laughs> yeah, this is the first time we've ever done this. Yeah. I mean, I've, I know other podcasts do this, and they seem to do it without any issue. Um, so They're we'll probably see. a lot smarter than us. They, they probably are smarter. We're not smart, like, at all. We're not smart people. <laughs> But anyway, so this is our Valentine's Day episode, guys. Uh, it's for all you lovers out there. Ow! Uh, just uh, trying trying to get your play on tonight. Going out for a fine dinner, uh, drinking some nice wine, and then fucking till the sun comes up. In oh, the butt. yeah. <laughs> I mean, if that's what you're into. I mean, it's Valentine's Day. Sure. <laughs> it's expected. <laughs> So, uh, so what's up, Taylor? Oh, not much. I'm looking out my window right now, and it's the, a fucking blizzard. Yeah, is it still snowing up there? Yep. Shit. It, it, I mean, it turned to rain down here, so... Um, I mean, if that keeps up, then maybe some of this will wash away. But we're, we're up to, like... I just measured it, like, half an hour ago. We're, like, nine inches on the ground right now. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's fucked up. My sister, who lives about... 30, 40 minutes away from me. Uh, she lives up on a slightly higher hill, and she just said she has a, about a, uh, over a foot. So it's, it's no joke right now, guys. And I know this is, this, this is all Trump's fault for stopping global warming. Yeah, right. We should have just continued to let the planet warm up. Um, but I guess that's Obama's fault, right? Yeah, I guess so. Thanks, Obama. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> Uh, but you know people are talking about how this is like a nightmare this is practically the end of the world for for us Seattleites um, and you know compare it, then people will compare it to what just happened in like Chicago where it was like a frozen wasteland there but it's like it's slightly different for us because that's kind of par for the course for the Midwest they have infrastructure built up to deal with that we do not well, and our our topography is drastically different too. That too. I mean, I think that's probably an even even bigger uh, obstacle to overcome, uh, metaphorically and literally speaking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was watching a guy go down the hill by my work, and he like went to stop at the red light, and I just saw him keep going. <laughs> oh fuck! That's so terrifying. <laughs> um. Yeah, I couldn't remember working when I. It was a different job I worked up there in um, in Seattle. I was leaving work and 
Um, I don't think you ever saw that place I worked on. Uh, uh, what is it? I guess it's First Hill technically, but off of Yesler. Um, it's all hills. Like there's no way to leave that office without going down a hill. Um, and I pulled out of the parking lot and just slid. And this was probably about uh, the length of a football field that I was just sliding downhill. Like, oh, fuck. Just careening towards a an, inter- an active intersection. It's like, well, maybe I'll die today. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this, is how I, this is how I go. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, but yeah. So just living that snow life, huh? Yep. Yeah. Hashtag snowpocalypse. It's fucking awful, man. It's like just been stuck here in the house because you know, I drive a fairly small car, so I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, they yeah. kicked us out of work. Yeah, it's shitty you had to go in the first place. I know. I knew this was going to happen, so I didn't want to go in, but... I mean, what a waste of everyone's time. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. So, Valentine's Day. VD. You, you guys doing anything special? Nope. Good. <laughs> I mean, not planned yet, but... Yeah, and, like, especially with all this shit going on, it's like, how do you plan anything? Like, Yeah, really. I mean, it it just turned to rain here, so maybe it'll start clearing out, but I'm not counting on anything at this point. I mean, it's supposed to start snowing again tomorrow and the next day and the next day, so... Can't wait. So excited. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, um... So, uh, we just had a pretty big event go on. Real exciting. What was that? Uh, we had the first ever Grave Plot Film Festival, guys. Oh, that thing, yeah. Yeah, that little thing. Um, and that went really well. Yeah, like surprisingly well. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, we, we talked about it, like, leading up to the day, it's just like, we might actually sell out, and neither of us anticipated that at all. No. I mean, considering the last live event we had, it was, like, us and your sister and her husband and, like, three other people. Yeah. Uh, and, like, it's, it was almost like we had to twist the arms of, like, uh, our, our significant others to get them to come, to. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that did not go well, so we just kind of had that in our minds, but... Damned if we didn't sell out the whole fucking theater. And, you know, everybody seemed like they were having a really good time. Um, you know, we had a couple of hiccups uh, along the way, but nothing we couldn't manage. And well, That's uh, the thing. Like, I was I was telling Cheese afterwards. <laughs> I, I was like... <laughs> I was saying, you know, whenever you do something like this, you always think back later and you're like, oh, I wish I would have done this differently. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, there's nothing I would have done differently. No, it, it all went like better than we could have planned Uh, yeah like even the things that went wrong we handled them with aplomb yeah exactly and you know (laughs) i think as a team we're not used to that no not at all (laughs) it's just like so i guess we just we just sit and watch the movies (laughs) i guess (laughs) it's like well that sucked (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i mean afterwards i i think I don't know if anybody came to you individually, but people were telling me that they had a really good time and, and uh, were really thankful for us putting it on. 
yeah, I got a lot of can't wait till next year. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, I mean, we we sold out, and we had people coming into the theater asking for tickets. And like I said before, we just we're not anticipating that at all. So uh, yeah, I mean, what what an honor it was for everybody to come and check out uh, our show. Um, and do you do you have the, the winners handy? I, I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, let's see. Best film was The Desecrated. Best director was John Gray for The Desecrated. Uh, most original concept was Count Your Curses from Belgium. Mm-hmm. Um, the Mino Sword, is that right? Yeah. Uh, was Bye Bye Baby from Spain. And the audience award was Bath Bomb. Right. And, and it just so happened that the director of Bath Bomb, who is from L.A., just happened to be in Seattle for a different event and ended up coming to the to the show and was there to collect his trophy. Right. Yeah, Bath Bomb was just killing it, too, because, I mean, when we were... So we had two stages of judging. We had the over, what, 312 entries? That's how many how many submissions yep. we had? Yep. We had, the, we had the 312, and us as a selection crew, it was us, the horror addicts, um... Uh, God, who else was there? Robert, Robert Bukta. Um, and Kevin Nesgoda. And Kevin Nesgoda. We all parsed it down to 23 selections for for the show. And um, from those 23 selections, almost all the judges were voting uh, Bath Bomb really highly. Like to a point where until we got all the final tallies in, like it was doing a clean sweep. <laughs> yeah. Like it had won all the awards at one point. <laughs> Um, so yeah, congratulations to all our listeners. I don't know exactly who's listening, if anyone at all, but, uh, big ups for you guys. And we're, uh, thank you for your submissions. Um, and I mean, it really couldn't have happened without you guys. And, um, we, uh, and I get probably one final thanks for our sponsors, uh, um, without a cause wrestling, uh, seven fail tattoo, and uh, future film they reach. So thank you all very much to everyone who participated. Um, it was a big success, and we hope to uh, top it next year. Yeah, we. I mean, we had the owner of the theater come up to us and be like, "Hey, next year, let's do it again. Make sure you keep us in mind. We'll get you the bigger theater." Yeah, exactly. That that's going to be even more pressure because we were in a 105 seat theater, and the next biggest one is 200, right? I think it's yeah. I think it's 205. Oh, it's a 205? Okay. Um, anyway, so yeah, that's that's going to be some pressure to fill up that theater. Um, yeah, I'd like an in-between one. <laughs> like 150, how about? <laughs> but, I mean, I think if we... Because we didn't do a lot of like street advertising. Everything we did on was online. Like Yeah, just about. I mean, we ordered, we ordered uh, small posters to be printed, and we didn't even hand out any of them. <laughs> or we didn't like post them anywhere. Yeah, I posted so, one. <laughs> right. So, I mean, if we got that kind of response without actually doing any real advertising, then I think if we did do advertising, we could probably make it work. So, anyway, um, but uh, I think probably we go before we go any further into the show, uh, maybe we thank some Patreon patrons, huh? What do you think? Hey, let's do that. Okay. So, uh, every month we have a very special group of people that like to uh, donate their hard-earned dollars to keep this show running. Um, and, uh, it's important to us to, to have their money so we can, you know, <laughs> buy drugs and hookers. 
Um, <laughs> those those special suckers, people that uh, give us their cash every month, is are Kevin Nesgoda, Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Joshua Hodges, Carlos Rodella, The Horror Addicts, Max Zaleski, and Aaron Meyer. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, your contributions help out so much with this uh, janky little show that we put on. Um, <laughs> Taylor, uh, if anyone else would like to contribute, where can they go? They can go to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. For as little as $1, you can get exclusive content. The more you give, the more content you get. Things like having your name in the show every week, uh, other week. And up to $100, which will get you a tattoo of a fat unicorn on my ass. And who doesn't want to see that, guys? Who doesn't want to get a fat unicorn on this man's ass? And you can get a, I'll, you get a letter from it every month. Oh, keeping you up to, updated. <laughs> See, we're adding you things can, all the time, guys. We're, we're keeping it exciting. You get to adopt a fat unicorn tattoo <laughs> on my ass. Won't you help a unicorn like me today? <laughs> it's the Big Brother Fat Unicorn Program. <laughs> all right. So, uh, anything else you want to chat about? I don't think so. All right. Well, why don't we just go ahead and get started with some horror business? Why don't we indeed? All right, guys, starting out with some real-world horror. We're going to go to the very upper crust Pinky in the air, drinking fine scotch area of Greenwich, Connecticut, um, where everybody is a towhead. Everybody has some inbreeding at some point, but just because I mean, they want to keep... it's where the McMahons are from, so that tells sure. you something. Yeah. <laughs> but but they got to do the inbreeding so they can keep the, the, the bloodline pure, you know? <laughs> okay. That's what rich people I said McMahon, do. not McPoyle. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like before before inbreeding became a uh, thing that rednecks did, the rich people did it so they could keep the keep it in the family. Because they didn't want to keep rednecks their wealth. Rednecks always to... stealing stuff. <laughs> Just always want a handout from the rich, right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so in Greenwich, uh, a group of highway workers uh, were, I suppose, cleaning the cleaning the road. Uh, cleaning the roadside, yeah. Uh, picking up they were, garbage. you know, working the highway. You know. <laughs> um, As they do. And uh, they happened along a suitcase. And they thought to themselves, hey, this is not a bad suitcase. I could do things with this suitcase. I mean, probably. Yeah, um, you don't know what they thought. <laughs> they could have thought that. Who knows? Um, but, uh, so they found the suitcase and opened it up and were surprised to find... A woman's body. Yeah, that's not normal. It's, it's not something you typically find. Uh, it's not something you look forward to. Because then there's paperwork and all that. Yeah, you don't usually like find a suitcase and be like, Hey, I bet there's a body in there. That'd be sweet, huh? Right. That never happens. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the, the victim was clothed. Uh, but her hands and feet were bound. So, I mean, 
I guess that would presume that there's no uh, no uh, sexual assault, which is just that always makes things like this so much worse. Yeah, it's like murder is already bad. <laughs> I think we can all agree on that. Uh, but when you add in sexual assault to it, it just like amplifies it by like twenty. Yeah, I mean, granted, this doesn't rule it out, but no, it but... does. It does cast some doubt. Right. Um, uh, the body was found about 10 to 15 feet off of Glenville Road. Um, uh, the woman was believed to be between the ages of 18 and 30, and she has not yet been ID'd. So that's unfortunate. Um, yeah. The authorities are saying that she was killed in a different location, uh, then moved to uh, the roadside. I mean, that would make sense. You don't typically just kill somebody on the side of a highway. Yeah, and, and then and stuff, that, stuff them into a suitcase on exactly. the side of the highway or, like, in the backseat of your car. Right. Um, let's see. Uh, Greenwich Police Captain Robert Berry is saying there was no doubt about – or no say, no doubt homicide was involved. Yeah. I, I don't I, don't I didn't think, have any doubt. Yeah. I don't think she crawled into a suitcase and died from natural causes. Yeah, after binding her own hands and feet. Right, unless she's like like a contortionist or like an escape artist or something, then that would make a little sense. But that's a little far fetched. I mean, come on, how often does that happen? Yeah, that seems like a reach. Um, let's see. Uh, we do not know the manner or the cause of death at this time. So they must have just like interviewed him like right after this happened because I guess so. Yeah, it seems like cause of death unless it's like poisoning seems like it's pretty easily identified i I'm, I'm not a scientist in case you didn't know oh are you not no i am all these years scientist. i thought you were <laughs> i just play one on a podcast <laughs> um yeah you would think like if she was you know strangled or something there would be some kind of sign yeah i mean like if you know if she died of a heart attack or a stab wound or something those those would be things that you could find fairly quickly yeah or like a bludgeoning or yeah but anyway um so yeah it's tragic um it must have been a big suitcase or a small woman unless she's a tiny woman yeah yeah maybe she was a little person i mean maybe i mean 18 to 30 that's a pretty big range that is. I feel like, and this is just me, but like it's kind of hard to tell the age of a little person because they don't seem to age much until they're like senior citizens. <laughs> I mean, is that just me? Uh, not entirely. I mean, if you look at Warwick Davis, he still looks pretty much like he did in Willow. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, so no. I mean, as much as we're cracking jokes. To kind of introduce a little levity, uh, this is very tragic. Um, yeah, and how twisted do you have to be to like shove a human body into a suitcase and then just throw it out your car? Seriously, and it's such a weird place to have happen. I mean, a, a place like Greenwich is not somewhere I th- would think that a lot of murders would happen. No, it's very well to do. Yeah. Although but... I did see an interview with some guy who was like, "Ah, it's fucking New York. All the New Yorkers bring their crime up here." <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe. <laughs> I, yeah, it's possible. 
Well, um, anyway, yeah, so uh, I hope they identify her so at least her next of kin can be notified. Yeah, really. Because that's no way... I mean, it to die and not be... For no one to know, that's just... That's no way to, to go out. Yeah. Anyway, hoping for the best for any remaining family members. Be afraid of what you see in that attack. I'm not invisible, I'm not invisible, I'm not invisible. Be afraid of what you see in that attack. So I wish I could say moving on to some happier news, but, you know... It's not good. It's not it good stuff. It is what it is. Uh, you may remember the Dark Universe, which was going to be this big connected cinematic universe of all the universal monsters being superheroes and fighting crime or something. <laughs> we should team up. <laughs> <laughs> that was thankfully put to bed after two terrible movies. Yeah, and they're uh, just like, you know what, we're not going to do that anymore. No. But they're still going to reboot all of the Universal Monster movies. And they have cited, decided to take up residency at Blumhouse Studios. Uh, Blumhouse is teaming up with Universal to bring their timeless horror characters back to the big screen, beginning with The Invisible Man. <sighs> I just, just, long, wait, oh wait I was going to say I, I really hope Johnny Depp is not involved in this because that was just painfully stupid well although Johnny Depp was previously attached to star in The Invisible Man back when the Dark Universe was moving forward Variety reports that he is not expected to appear in this film although he could reportedly be involved in a different Universal Monsters movie <laughs> but why <laughs> Somebody at Universal must have like a real hard on for him or something. I guess. And it's like, did anybody forget? Did everybody forget that he uh, is a woman beater and a drunk? <laughs> well, I mean, he's always been a drunk, but but I think he just re- semi recently added uh, uh, abusive husband to his to his uh, repertoire. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, interesting choice starting with the Invisible Man. Like, I mean, I know they already fucked up Dracula and the Mummy, but like, I don't know, Wolfman or Frankenstein or one of the more well-known ones, I would think would be a better kickoff point. Well, I mean, you know, they did the Wolfman, which I personally thought was really good, um, aside from the excessive use of um, CGI just taking a shit all over Rick Baker's work. But aside from that, I actually thought it was a really good movie. Um, I don't know. I honestly, I don't know why everybody thought it was bad. Um, but then, you know, then they did that movie with, uh, Aaron Eckhart that, uh, I Frankenstein. Oh, that's which, right. Yeah. Which wasn't like the, the classic Frankenstein story. I mean, it was, it was Frankenstein's monster, but it, it was kind of almost like a sequel to Frankenstein. <laughs> um, and, uh, that was garbage. That was, that was painfully bad um so you know they've really worked themselves into a corner here because they've basically made garbage movies for all of their properties except for the little man (laughs) (laughs) well if it's one thing blumhouse knows it's garbage movies (laughs) don't i know it (laughs) 
Although, I mean, we've talked about before that Blumhouse, you know, they churn out the the garbage, the teeny bopper horror shit, the PG-13. And then they take all that money and they go and they make something like Halloween or like Get Out. It's, you know, it's right. still not a giant budget, but they put they put a good deal of money into it. They let the right people in charge of it and they actually make a good movie. Yeah, so I if mean, they're getting to a point where they don't have to churn out the, the shit anymore to make the good stuff, then, right. then maybe Blumhouse can be good. Who knows? I mean, maybe. I'm not convinced uh, because, you know, even a, even a uh, dead clock is right twice a day. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you throw shit at the wall, some of it's going to stick. So, you know, and I guess... I don't know if I've actually said this before, but you know, good for them for being able to pe- appeal to uh, uh, the lowest common denominator of semi horror fans because they make these just garbage shit horror movies um, that are barely passable as horror. Uh, and They're date people, night horror, exactly, and people just eat them up. I mean, mainly teenagers. Nom, nom, so, nom, nom, nom. <laughs> so I mean, good for them for being able to find a niche to make money. But as far as what they're doing to the genre, fuck them. Well, the thing is, they're like, oh, this movie only made $14 million. And they're like, oh, well, it only cost $12 to make, so... Yeah. Let's make another one! (laughs) And, you know, something like Halloween. It's like, yeah, Halloween wasn't bad, but it wasn't like the end-all, be-all of Halloween films or even slashers in general. It's like, give me a fucking break. Yeah. It's like everybody was... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go. <laughs> I just, it, like I said, it's, it wasn't the end-all be-all of, of, of slasher films and not even Halloween films uh, as a series. Um, but everybody just was nuts over it because they wanted so badly for a good Halloween movie since everybody hated Rob Zombies so much that they like anything that was passable as a Halloween movie, they were going to love it regardless. Like there, there was no chance that movie was going to fail. Unless it was, like, unless it was, like, Halloween 6. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like we said in our review, and I think we've said it since, like, it felt like a Halloween movie. It felt like one of John Carpenter's Halloween movies. Yeah. So, I mean, you do that and you've got something that works. But that doesn't necessarily mean you're, like, these horror geniuses. (laughs) Right. Um, Well... I don't know. Getting back to the, the Invisible Man, uh, multiple sources, including Variety, are saying that Lee 1L is going to direct, which that that could be cool. Yeah, I, I mean, sure, sure. Uh, he, yep, or he directed Upgrade? Yeah. I did not know that. I just watched that the other day. Have you seen Oofgrad? it? Right. No, I haven't seen it. It's uh, it's not bad. The end of is... It, the ending is uh, it's not not weird. It's just like not expected. Hmm. Like like it's like like again. Like I said, it's not bad, but like the ending comes and you're just like, well, I feel like I just wasted a couple hours. <laughs> <laughs> and like it, it it it's not like I said, it, it's not a bad ending. It's just like man, that was not the ending I was expecting or really even hoping for. But, Interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't want to give it away. So I think you just got to watch it to figure out what I'm talking about. But yeah, but he anyway. was great in Cooties. He was great in Cooties. <laughs> I mean, he's 
usually when he's involved with something, I think he just has a tendency to surround himself with shit. So, like, he is, like, the best of what he's involved in. <laughs> I mean, I guess. Yeah, he worked with James Wan, so. Yeah. And then, you know, it's just all of his stuff is doo-doo. But, anyway. Anyway, yeah. So, the this new Dark Universe, they're not calling it the Dark Universe, but uh, it's not going to be interconnected movies. It's not going to be to team it up. Um, <laughs> it's It's going to be... Individual films, quote, with an emphasis on horror and distinct creative styles. Does it mean they're going to be art films? I guess. Might as well have Rob Zombie do one then. (laughs) Dude, I think Rob Zombie could do a fucking dope-ass Frankenstein. It would be something different, that's for goddamn sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, we had the Victor Frankenstein movie with um, What's-His-Face... Uh, Harry Potter and Professor X, um, which was just weird. Like, the, the style was very different. Yeah. It had that, like, meshing of, like, Victorian uh, style with, like, a modern edge to it. Kind of like like um, like those Sherlock Holmes movies with uh, uh, Will Robert Ferrell Jr. No, no, no. God, no. <laughs> I like how the, everyone was like, I don't understand why this movie didn't do good. And I'm like, have you seen the trailer? Which one? The Will Ferrell one. Oh, God. Yeah, I know. Like, I thought it was a joke. Like, before, yeah, me too. Like, when I saw, like, advertising for it, not even the trailer, I was like, what is, what's this about? Like, are they Is this, are is they this doing... funny or die? Yeah, exactly. It's like, are they, are they doing a bit here? <laughs> um, yeah, and then I saw an actual trailer. I'm like, oh, no. No. Oh no! <laughs> anyway, neat Universal doing things, yay, or whatever, <laughs> or yeah, something. Alright, speaking of Blumhouse, and speaking of Universal, and actually speaking of Halloween, um, the uh, the writer for the uh, sequel to Halloween has been uh, chosen. Uh, it's going to be It's weird by... to me that it's not Danny McBride. It is weird, because I thought they were kind of like on board with that. I thought they were like already doing it. I thought they were like, yeah, <laughs> we got all these ideas, let's put them to paper, let's go. Yeah, I mean, and so uh, it's going to be written by Scott Teams. Um, who has become one of uh, Jason Blum's go-to writers. Tommy Blum. <laughs> um, uh, apparently he adapted uh, Stephen King's book Firestarter um, and his novella The Breathing Method. For, or the Breathing Method. Um, and, I didn't know uh, Blumhouse was coming out with a Firestarter. Neither remake. did I. And it's like, I, when I read that, I thought back and was like, is this something we've talked about before? I don't think so. I, I don't think so either, but it seems like something, if it had been made public, it seems like something we definitely would have talked about. Yeah, exactly. But um, anyway, so Scott Teams is writing the script. Uh, the script is going to be based on a treatment that he wrote that apparently was really popular within uh, Blumhouse, I presume. Um, 
Yeah, so uh, so this is being cited by, quote, sources. <laughs> yeah. So at, at this point, we'll take it with a grain of salt. Um, but uh, they have been told to Collider, which I, it doesn't seem like they're in the habit of uh, publishing, you know, bullshit. Gossip, yeah. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis, Judy Greer, and Annie Me- Me- Medichak are all expected to return. Uh, along with Tommy Bloom. Not, he's not um, going to be in it. No, no. Unless he pulled like a um, fucking... Uh, sh- John uh, Carpenter. <laughs> I was going to say a Bob, a Bob Shea and put himself in his own movie. Um, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing him get like stabbed in the face or something. Sure, yeah, yeah. Or like throw down a... In a movie! <laughs> Um, let's see. So, yeah, Blumhouse is going to be uh, producing the sequel alongside Miramax and Trancus Fil- International Films, uh, with Universal expecting to handle distribution. Miramax's Bill Block and longtime franchise producer Malik Akkad uh, will Who is also the produce. son of the original producer. Right. Something Akkad. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember his first name. Me either. Um, let's see. Uh,. And it sounds like like David Gordon Green and Danny McBride are probably at least going to be EPs, right? I mean, if nothing else, because it's going to be like based on their characters or something. Yeah. Um, I mean, they'll get a credit uh, and a paycheck, and who knows what else? Right. And Jamie Lee Curtis and John Carpenter will, of course, be getting EP credits as well. But that just means that they're getting paid. <laughs> yeah. Um. There's uh, currently no word on if uh, David Gordon Green is going to be returning as director. So, again, real surprise. And that's not saying that he's not going to direct, but at this point, there's been no mention of it. Yeah. So, that seems weird, because if anybody was going to be announced for the sequel, I would have thought it would be Green and McBride. Yeah, me too. Because, I mean, this is kind of like their baby. (laughs) Well, yeah, there was like t- all these other talks of, you know, new sequels or new remakes or whatever. And they're the ones that, you know, apparently came to Blumhouse and came to John Carpenter with this idea and that everybody fucking loved. Yeah, exactly. But I guess we'll see. Um, I mean, the real question is, is John Carpenter going to return to do the score again? <laughs> yeah, that's the most important thing. <laughs> so he Does can press like three... Three Everyone nutted keys their on pants the when he was announced to come back before, and I was like, "It's one song, like, yeah, and it's not a complicated song either. Anybody no. could have fucking written that song, yeah." I just, maybe they I don't have another epic intro. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know if I've talked about this specifically before, but like, I don't get. John Carpenter's music uh, not so much that I don't get his music because it's not especially deep I don't get the love for it yeah I think he he's good at creating a score he's good at creating atmosphere with with his music yeah but I don't understand people who like buy his albums you know what I think of when I think of John Carpenter writing a score for a movie I think of uh, Jason Siegel in um, Forgetting Sarah Marshall where he's writing a dark and ominous <laughs> soundtrack. There's like, duh, duh. <laughs> That's what you're, I picture. <laughs> you're fucking Billy Baldwin, aren't you? 
Oh, Christ. <laughs> Maybe something a little dark, like getting your penis cut off is a bad thing. <laughs> oh, shit. I should go take <laughs> I was just drinking coffee and it almost came out of my nose. <laughs> Come on, man. I got Doobie Brothers tickets. <laughs> anyway. So, that's Halloween. We don't know um, when when the sequel's coming out. I presume probably Halloween. next year. <laughs> Halloween, you know, roughly. But maybe next year. I, I don't think we'd expect it this year. <laughs> that um, would be quite the, quite the crunch. Right. Um, but, yeah. I, we'll, we'll see. Probably, probably next year or probably... Maybe the next year. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, I'm sure this will come up again, and we'll keep track of it for you. All I see is zombies walking all around us. You can hear them coming. You can hear them breathing, breathing down your spine. All right. So, Zack Snyder directed a remake of Dawn of the Dead in 2004. A lot, of people, a lot of people liked it. It's true, they did. The movie on its own is fine. It's a pretty good movie. You know what it's not? It's not fucking Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> I mean, it's like Dawn of the Dead. In that there's a mall. Yeah, and zombies. Well... There's running zombies. <laughs> but what 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 year did that come out? Two thousand four. Yeah. So it's been fifteen years, and you're still on this. <laughs> oh, I will be on this until the day I die, sir. <laughs> I will take this to my grave, and then I will come back <laughs> as a zombie, and I will not run, and I will say, "See." <laughs> See, you can't do it. <laughs> I'm trying right now. It's not going. And then then everybody else will be like, Die, zombie! Yeah. Well, <laughs> anyways. <laughs> after he made that, he was like, Hey, I like making zombie movies. I want to make another one. I'm going to write this movie called Army of the Dead. Somebody help me make this. And everyone went, No! But finally, years later, uh, it was set up at Warner Brothers, and then they were like, we're just not going to make that. <laughs> like, we're going to buy the rights, we're not going to make it, so fuck off. Just to shit on him. I guess. It's like, this is the only way we can stop this. <laughs> uh, but finally, I guess the, the rights lapsed or something, and Netflix has picked it up and is finally going to make Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, the adventure is set amid a zombie outbreak in Las Vegas, during which a man assembles a group of mercenaries to take the ultimate gamble, venturing into the quarantine zone to pull off the greatest heist ever attempted. What? That sounds awful. I don't hear anything about an army. I mean, maybe it's just all the zombies. They're, they're, they're an army called, like, of the dead. Zombie 11. <laughs> Wait, what? Like it's like like Ocean's Eleven. Ah, I got it. Because it's a heist, you see. <laughs> it's a heist film, you know, a bunch of old buddies. 
<laughs> just planted the best heist in history. Holy shit, the snow is really coming down now. Yeah, it is here too. Christ. Anyway. Uh, the movie will commence shooting this summer with a budget that could reach, wait for it, $90 million. $90 million. That is 10 short of 100. Wait, wait. So I was going to say a billion, but it's not 10 short of a billion. <laughs> My math is not good. You don't need to make a movie with that money. No. I would pay to see $100 million. <laughs> It's $10 to see the $100 million, or $20 to have your money added to the $100 million. <laughs> what, what did World I, War Z, what was the budget on that? Oh, Christ, if I know, but... Too fucking much? Yeah, too, about too, too fucking much. Um, I, I can guarantee you it wasn't... Like, even close to 90 million fucking dollars. I can't even fathom how you make a movie for 90 million dollars. What could you possibly need to do to make, to spend 90 million dollars? Is he gonna. Would you need to buy out the entire Vegas, like the actual Vegas strip and shut it down for a night? Is that what you'd have to do? Holy shit, the budget on World War Z was 190 million dollars. Are you fucking kidding me? Holy Christ. That's bonkers. And that was 10 years ago. Wow. That's insane. That is insane. But yeah, I don't know if they're going to be like blowing up helicopters and shit or like what? Fucking $90 million. I can make a, the best movie you've ever seen for $90 million. Yeah. I wouldn't even I make... know what to do with $90 million. Yeah. I would just start it, blowing it... stuff up for free. Like... <laughs> It's just like when we were dealing with the film fest. It's like we had more money than we knew, we knew what to do with. <laughs> yeah. It's like on Aqua Teen Hunger Force when they just like drop something and it explodes. I would just start <laughs> doing that. Just start rigging everything up with small explosives. Yeah. Just, hey, make that car explode right now. Fuck it. <laughs> but boss, that's not one of ours. Do it anyway. <laughs> we'll, we'll pay for it. Just give the guy $100,000 and call it good. <laughs> Uh, Snyder told The Hollywood Reporter there are no handcuffs on me at all with this one it will be the most kick-ass self-aware but not in a wink to the camera way balls to the wall zombie freak show that anyone has ever seen I mean it better fucking, or fucking better <laughs> for 90 be for million nine. dollars <laughs> wow now the pressure's on because I'm going to be doing the Hannibal Burris if I go see it I'm going to be like yeah it was pretty good I don't know about 90 <laughs> million dollars good <laughs> So much money. God damn. I can't even wrap my mind around that. I can't wrap my mind around World War Z costing 190. Or is that yeah. what you said? 190? Yeah. Yeah. Fucking Christ. Well, I mean, they also did tons of reshoots and they like had to pay off a bunch of like mafia people or something. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's true. And there was just boatloads of CGI. Like, basically yeah. the entire movie was CGI. I don't think Brad Pitt was actually in that movie. <laughs> um, they just yeah. CGI'd his face onto, like, Taron Killam's body. <laughs> Taron Killam. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, Christ. <laughs> but, you know, Zack Snyder, like, Dawn of the Dead, I enjoyed it. I didn't have a problem with it like you do. Um, and uh, then he did, you know, Man of Steel, which, contrary to what a lot of people thought, I thought it was a pretty good movie. But then he did Batman versus Superman, and, you know, he can just kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking fucking Batfleck just fuck off yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway that's all so I, I have know. to say about that if you're looking forward to a kick ass self aware but not in a wink to the camera way balls to the wall zombie freak show then you are in luck <sighs> renew that Netflix subscription aren't we all looking for that in our lives yeah, sure. <laughs> Stand in the place where you live now. Think about direction. Wonder why you have it now. Stand in the place where you were now. Face well. Think about the place where you live. Wonder why you haven't before. <clears throat> so, uh, you know, with the popularity of making Stephen King films lately. Um, God, what is it's it's I feel like we started talking about them making a new stand movie almost as long as we've been doing this show. It, it at wrong? least feels that way. Yeah. So the the stand um and uh the um the dark tower which they kind of did <laughs> um they've been talking about it forever. Uh Josh Boone was brought on to direct a film that just never seemed to really uh uh, solidify nothing, just nothing ever really came together so what they've resolved to do is make a 10 episode limited event series on CBS All Access you know that thing that CBS makes you pay for that yeah. like, I'm pretty sure isn't doing well <laughs> they keep putting stuff on it and they're like hey well, here's a new Star Trek you guys like Star yeah. Trek right yeah and like I've heard a lot of mixed reactions about that. Like I've never watched it myself, but um, because I won't, I won't pay to watch Star Trek. <laughs> I won't pay to watch CBS. That too, yeah. Um, but um, like I've most of what I've heard is that Star Trek Discovery is garbage. Like it's just not good at all. Like it's, it's yeah. Like all the the clever storylines and, and smart writing that all the series have had in the past, you know, kind of telling, you know, a space version of a lot of, you know, it's, it's basically a space version of a political drama. Uh, just all of that kind of like cleverness is completely gone from the show. <laughs> so anyway, but uh, the stand is going to have a 10 episode limited series on CBS all access. Uh, those of you old enough to remember, may recall that ABC aired a miniseries in 1994. Uh, it was a four-part series, um, and I think it was four two-hour... No, that doesn't make sense. It must have been four one-hour uh, episodes. Um, and yeah, back in 1994. It was directed by Mick Garris, um, and uh, had a cast of Gary Sinise, Mar- Molly Ringwald, Rob Lau, Rob Lau, Rob Lowe, <laughs> Rob Lowe, 
Jamie Sheridan and Corin Nemec, aka Corin Corky. Your name is fucking Corky. <laughs> what? Corky Nemec. It's not Corin. He started going by Corin Nemec when he wanted to be taken seriously, but he was Corky Nemec. I don't recall that. You don't know Corky Nemec? That's Parker Lewis, isn't it? Yeah. You, I didn't know he went by Corky. Oh yeah. Oh. Well, all right. Uh, <laughs> uh, Josh Boone is uh, apparently going to direct this. Uh, series. That's not even his real name. His name is Joseph. What the fuck? Fucking poser. Wait. So he his name is Joseph. His name is Joseph by... Charles Nemec the Fourth. What is going on? Why would you change your name to Corin? And then go by and Corky. Then go by Corky. <laughs> That'd be like me changing my name to James Robert and then going by Jimmy Bob. <laughs> That'd be ridiculous. Um, anyway, so Josh Boone, who was going to direct the film, is directing the series. Um, and he's also going to write and executive produce. I still don't understand why he's qualified to write horror. <laughs> I mean, the stand is especially horror, but still, New Mutants is may never see the light of day. Yeah, but I mean, like, like we when we first started talking about this, going back, this dude is the guy that directed The Fault in Our Stars. For Christ's sake! Yeah, and to this point, that's still the only thing he's known for. <laughs> Because so, I think the only movie he's made since then is New Mutants, and it hasn't come out. Yeah, because apparently he's a dick and pisses people off. Yeah, that's the rumor. I don't know that I've, like, nothing this obvious. I don't know that I've ever seen a studio delay a film out of spite. <laughs> oh, I would believe it happens a lot. Oh, I'm sure, but I'm, I think they're probably usually a little more clever about it. Yeah. Um, yeah the latest rumor is it's going to come out around Halloween on Hulu. Uh oh, New Mutants. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that's what I heard too. At this point, I just don't even really care. This I know, uh, like I, I put it on the calendar and I like kept pushing it every time it would get pushed, and finally I was just like, you know what, fuck it, just tell me when it's coming out. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I mean, I'm not that hype on New Mutants anyway, and this whole Disney Fox thing is just taking too long. I just don't care anymore but they are like i've seen a lot of talk about recasting uh, wolverine which is interesting like i don't know yeah. how much of that is studio driven or if it's just fans saying oh it's close to happening but anyway um where i leave off uh uh boo or sorry stephen king who is a shill for his own work uh, said, I'm excited and so very pleased that The Stand is going to have a new life on this exciting new platform. Uh, as he was counting his money. <laughs> so Action uh, Gus, or? <laughs> for God's ben, sake, I'm busy. Ben, I'm busy. I'm busy. Uh, let's see. The people involved are men and women who know exactly what they're doing. The scripts are dynamite. The result bids to be something that something memorable and thrilling. I believe it will take viewers away to a world they hope will never happen. But yeah, I mean, I, 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 I believe that. Um, Stephen King's son, Owen, as in Owen King, is going to serve as the producer. Um, 
So there's that. Neat. I would like to be excited, but I mean, I'm probably never going to see it. So yeah, probably not. I'm not paying I mean, for I'm, CBS. It's not yeah, going to happen. That. It's just like uh, when they put uh, Mr. Mercedes on uh, that um, uh, that fucking AT and T Dish Network thing. Um, fuck, I can't remember what it's called. But it's like their exclusive service, and so I, I love Mr. Mercedes. It's like one of my favorite uh, Stephen King books, and I have not seen the short series because it was on that uh, uh, special streaming service or network or whatever it was. So I really wish they'd stop doing this. (laughs) Yeah, I mean you're gonna have to bootleg it or something, I guess. I mean, I don't think I even really care that much. Well, yeah, that's the other thing. <laughs> anyway, um, but, you know, for all those, you know, 20 people that have CBS All Access, <laughs> get hype. Okay, so we've talked before about Chucky coming to the small screen. Uh, actually, before we get into that, since we're on the subject, Child's Play, the remake, just came out with a new trailer. Yeah, it did. And uh, they barely show you Chucky at all. They don't mm-hmm. show you his face. They, they kind of hint at him being like twisted AI and not a possessed killer anymore. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And I've seen people being like, the trailer looks great. I can't wait. And I'm like, does it? It looks basic as fuck. It looks generic as hell. Yeah. And it doesn't even look like a slasher movie. It looks like a a thriller. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And seriously, it could be any movie. It could be any thriller or any horror movie, like, in the world. Because it doesn't show your killer. Like, the only really real giveaway at all was... um, uh, somebody actually at one point saying Chucky, <laughs> but yeah, I think like you see you said, like his arm or something, yeah, like, like maybe like the back of his head or something. I don't know. Yeah, but it's just like it's it's a bad trailer. The film looks boring, uh, and like something that we've seen a million times before. I mean, yeah, a crazy robot. How many fucking times have we seen that? Simpsons did it. Got- yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like you've talked about like uh, the the Treehouse of Horror, where Chucky or where uh, Krusty, uh, the Krusty doll goes nuts. It's like I've said that uh, it looks like Small Soldiers. Those yeah, are both apt descriptions. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's gonna happen. Yeah. If but if you're not interested in that and you're interested in the original Chucky series, we've talked about how it's coming to the small screen. It's gonna be a TV show. Don Mancini's behind it. Brad Dorif's doing the voice of Chucky again, and we've learned that it's going to be on sci-fi. Womp womp. <laughs> uh, according to the Hollywood Reporter, <laughs> according to the Hollywood Reporter, sci-fi won a multiple network bidding war. Uh huh. How does sci-fi have money? Aren't they owned by like uh, NBC? Are they? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure NBC Universal owns them. Oh. 
Yeah. Which is yeah. weird because uh, Universal does the Chucky movies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. Maybe this was all just a ploy. <laughs> well, I mean, the good news is that according to Nick Antosca, who is, I think, the producer, uh, Chucky will be able to say fuck. Oh, good. Which is important in a, in a child's play movie because it's, you know, it's his catchphrase. Yeah. Because, yeah, Chucky says fuck. Oh, yeah, Chucky fucks. <laughs> uh, Chucky Don Mancini. fucks all day and all night. <laughs> Don Mancini, who is, of course, the writer on all seven Chucky movies and director Wanna of... wrestle? No, that's Sal Bandini. <laughs> uh, he is writing the script for the Chucky TV series, and he will executive produce alongside David Kirshner and Nick Antosca. Mancini said, I've long waited to bring Chucky to television, and sci-fi is the perfect network for us. Uh The show will be a fresh (laughs) take on the franchise, allowing us to explore Chucky's character with a depth that is uniquely afforded by the television series format, while staying true to the original vision that has terrorized audiences for over three decades now. I don't think that Chucky has terrorized anyone in like the last 15 years. Like well, basically, you know, since Bride of Chucky came out, it's a press release. What do you What do you want? <laughs> I'm excited that Nick Antosca is involved. I've liked pretty much everything that I've seen from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just recently started watching Channel Zero season two, and it's so fucking good. Yeah, yeah. I actually I didn't even finish season one. Um, I don't know if it was for any real reason. I think I just stopped watching it. Oh, all right. I, I love season one too. Mm-hmm. And I've heard, what, like a lot of people seem really hot and cold on it. Like it's there's not a lot of in between. He did something else that I really liked too. I can't remember I what it was. Uh, the cottage. I don't know what that is. Oh, Hannibal. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so official casting and plot details have not been announced yet, but last year Mancini told Bloody Disgusting that the TV series was deliberately set up at the end of Cult of Chucky and that the tone would be darker than ever before. Uh-huh. Darker than it, the first movie, huh? So he says. Okay. Yeah, so this is going to be a continuation of the franchise and not... A reboot. I mean, that's that's comforting because I don't want to see it start over. I've seen yeah. enough reboots to know that it's rarely a good thing. Yeah, like, I'd rather I'd rather keep the lore attached with something like Child's Play or you know any of these uh, franchises. I'd rather keep the history and the lore to work from and just make a good fucking movie, right? Like, you don't need to start over to make a good movie. Just make the good movie. Just, just make it. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, you know, I was, I'm thinking, like, Bride of Chucky and Seed of Chucky, were, which were just stupid and Not ridiculous. Good. But, actually, Curse of Chucky and Cult of Chucky were definitely much of, much more of a return to form. For and sure. We, you know, we talked about that when we, when we reviewed them. Um, so... 
It's definitely on the right track. I still don't like the end of Cult of Chucky. I thought it was stupid. Yeah. Are they still doing the like the anthology thing? I don't think so. That's good because that was a dumb idea. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's it's safe to assume that the, that the show is probably going to be called something Chucky. Like it might just be called Chucky, but I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that Child's Play is tied up with the new movie and that Mancini does not have those rights. Yeah, I think that's the, yeah MGN owns the name Child's Play, which is why every movie that's been at Universal has been called something Chucky. Right, right uh, of Chucky. So, kind of the same deal with. Um, Friday the Thirteenth, when yeah. New Line couldn't get their name rights to name Friday the Thirteenth, so they said, you know, Jason like, takes uh, Manhattan. Jason takes. Well, no, that was still called Friday the Thirteenth Eight, but um, Jason X. No, Jason goes to hell. Jason X. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until the remake when they actually made a made a deal with Paramount that they could actually use the name Friday the Thirteenth. Anyway. Well, I guess hoping for the best. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's got all the right people involved, so I'm I'm yeah. cautiously optimistic. Yeah, I'm definitely rooting for this more than I am the fucking reboot. For that sure, looks just awful, and it's got Aubrey Plaza, and I can't fucking stand her. I keep seeing you post that online. I don't have a problem with her. She just bugs me. Like ever since Parks and Rec, I've been just annoyed by her face. <laughs> um. And like everything I've seen her in, like going forward, it just she's just irritated the hell out of me. So no, uh, no life after Beth for year of the zombie or week of the zombie this year. No, probably not. Okay. <laughs> right. right. um, yeah. So that's gonna do it for our business, guys. That's all we got. We have reached the end of that part of the show. And we actually made it remotely. I was like, I'm surprised that we got this far without any real major bugs. Well, I mean, we haven't listened back yet, but yeah, that's going to be like the the real test is when I try to sync all this up in the end. Yeah. But yeah, so far so, so good. Yeah. So um, why don't we go ahead and just move forward with doing some film reviews? All right, everyone. So, as we said at the beginning of the episode, today is Friday, or not Friday the 13th. It's February 13th. I wish it was Friday the 13th. That'd be awesome. Um, But today's February 13th, one day before the most romantic day of the year, Valentine's Day. So, uh, in celebration, honor of that, we uh, talked about two movies, or we watched two movies that had... A, a tenuous connection with Valentine's Day. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, what do you want to start with, Taylor? Uh, let's start with Lover's Lane. Do you want to talk about it? This anger? This rage? Let's talk about that night. You went up there just like always to watch them. Doing what you dreamed of doing. You killed those two young people. You took that steel hook and you butchered them. 13 years.
years ago, a brutal killer struck. Bye bye. Hey, sexy. So we on tonight? Fears up, blows off. <laughs> Today is Valentine's Day, and I know you all have love on your minds. <laughs> Be careful. Hi there. The hell do you want? Brad and I are going out to Lover's Lane. Make sure that Michael finds us there. Now, it looks like history. Oh, good God. Is about to repeat itself. Chloe. Oh, the hook's out. He went over a wall today. Police have still failed to apprehend escape murderer Ray Hennessy, convicted 13 years ago for the Valentine's Day slaying of a young How's couple on a remote road known as Lover's Lane. This time it'll be our kids. Do you think this guy's on a vendetta? That's just plain crazy. It's Where are they? Try Lover's Lane if you can find it. Did you hear something? Oh, come on. Don't tell me that you're scared. <laughs> All right, so this is a local film for us, uh, shot and filmed in Seattle and Issaquah. Yeah. I kept trying to figure out what the high school was, but I couldn't place it. I don't know. I did. I mean, the uh, the restaurant that they're like the little fast food place they go to is... Uh, yeah, Triple X Root Beer. Yeah, which that's in Issaquah. I know they have one in Auburn. I just assumed that's what it was, but... Apparently they have one. Oh, area. do they? What? They have they have one in Auburn. Yeah, it's right there in Auburn Way. Are you thinking of A and W? I don't think so. I don't mm. know. I haven't been down there in a while, but I me neither. Yeah. Regardless, regardless, this uh, is from 1999, and it starts out 13 years ago on Valentine's Day at the local Lovers Lane. And we uh, we get some titties right off the bat. Oh yeah, fucking boobies. Dee Dee and Jimmy are in their car, just going at it, doing a little bump and grind. Just titties flopping everywhere. And you know what I always say, Tony? I don't see nothing wrong with a little bump and grind. It's true. You do say that. <laughs> Yeah, like the song, they got that from me. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then all of a sudden, this car pulls up behind him, <clears throat> blasts his high beams in their mirror. He's like, hey, let me see them titties. <laughs> I love how like, it pulls up, and they're like, it's a cop. And he's like, it's not a cop. It's like, why does it matter? Somebody's just creeping on you guys. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it was a cop, it would be like indecent exposure or whatever. Well, sure, but still. <laughs> but then all of a sudden, this maniac with a hook starts trying to get him. He like slashes through the top of the car because it's a, a soft top convertible. He's like, I'm going to hook you. He says that, yeah. He does, he does say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's his catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> they get out and they run away and they... Open up his car and this, these two dead bodies fall out. Yep. So, cops show up. 
this psychiatrist named Jack Grief. Sure. Greffe? Greffy? I don't know. Greffe. Let's go with Greffe. <laughs> All right. Uh, he's there for some reason. Yeah. Where's like this fucking trench coat and a fedora, like a like a, <laughs> like a gumshoe? Yeah, like like a detective from a fifties movie. <laughs> Uh, why is he there? I don't know. I think he's uh, <laughs> the killer's um, psychiatrist. But did they know that at the time? I think so. Yeah, because he's talking to him about how he like he tried so hard to um, you know f- quell his sexual feelings towards the dude's wife and blah blah blah. Just really fucking convoluted nonsense. All right. So the sheriff. Uh, Tom Anderson, he rolls up and he realizes that one of these dead bodies is his wife, Harriet. Yep. Womp womp. She was stepping out on him. Yep. So the bitch got what was coming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they end up finding the guy off in the bushes somewhere. And they, they haul him to the mental institution or whatever. The home for the criminally insane. And they he name the- him... The, the oh so clever nickname of the hook, which of course comes from his signature catchphrase, <laughs> "I'm gonna hook ya." <laughs> Flash forward to present day, definitely not 1999. <laughs> uh, we're introduced to our our gang, our Scooby gang here. Uh, you've got Lisa, the gift shop girl. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay, because I knew I recognized her, and I had to look it up, and I realized she was on Chuck. She played his sister, but I'm like, that's not it. That's not what I recognize her from. But okay, yeah, she's a gift shop girl. That's that's yep. what it was. Uh, as well as Tom, the the sheriff we talked about earlier, his daughter Mandy, who <laughs> everyone is mean to for absolutely no reason. <laughs> yeah, she's definitely got a Rachel Lee Cook, and she's all that vibe. 100 percent yeah everyone's just like oh you're a nerd and i'm like she's cute what are you talking about yeah, look at her glasses and her, <laughs> look at her stupid face <laughs> although she had like she was like the epitome epitome of a 90s girl like my wife came in the in the living room while i was watching it and she saw her and she's like that is such a 90s hairstyle she like yeah. had it like like the little tiny rolls like they don't they look like cornrows but they're not braids um, just like run all the way back to her hair and like held or back to back of her head, held down by um, butterfly clips. It's like Jesus Christ, pretty stereotypical, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, then we've also got Michael, who is this Jonathan Brandis looking guy with the the writer strong hairdo that every guy in the '90s wanted. <laughs> um, as well as who are, who are other people here? Uh, Bradley. Uh, Janelle, played by a young Anna Ferris, right? Pretty sure it was her. This was her first movie, which would make sense because she's from Edmonds, so it was a local yeah. gig for her. Uh, Doug, who is a our our goofball, he's the funny guy, uh, and Kathy and Tim, who are the forgettable couple, right? <laughs> Very like stereotypical cast of characters here. Oh yeah, painfully so. Um. This was one thing very... I thought... Go, go. Sorry. 
Oh, I was just going to say, this whole movie was so, like, like they were trying so hard to ride on that 90s teen slasher vibe that yeah, was pathetic. I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up, because the, the poster actually, you know how usually it'll say, like, you know, from the director of this, or the producer of this? Mm-hmm. This one says, in the tradition of, I know what you did last summer. Oh, wow like anything you can to put that title on there huh (laughs) no shit (laughs) but so chloe finds out that michael's gonna break up with her so she tackles him into the pool wikipedia says she tries to drown him i feel like that's a bit of an an overreaction (laughs) dude the whole thing was an overreaction like she didn't just push him into the pool pool she like speared him into the pool (laughs) yeah yeah she went down with him and then a bunch then, of like other people jump in with them trying to break it up. Did you see that one asshole like who like did like a jump into the pool instead of just like diving in? Were they trying to break it up? I thought they were just like everybody in the pool party. Woo-hoo! That's what it looked like at first until they started trying to break them up. Yeah, yeah and then like they go to the principal's office and she's like, "You're gonna pay for this so bad." And I'm, <laughs> I'm like, gonna "Fucking kill you." <laughs> I'm like, like, really? All this over this guy? <laughs> like, what? A f- like, like, I always say that teenage girls are, like, stupid, dramatic, like, over-the-top dramatic, but this is taking even that a little too far. <laughs> oh, yeah. But so Chloe gets suspended. Michael gets grounded because his mom is the principal. Yeah. And, like, when he gets grounded, I'm just like, what the fuck did he do? He broke up with a girl. Yeah. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Why did he get grounded? Yeah. I think he just had to get grounded because it's a teen movie. Yeah, he had to to sneak out. Yeah, and, you know, parents just don't understand. They're (laughs) grounding you. Uh, So cut to mental institution. We realize that the hook has stolen his hook. And he's broken out, and he's off to wherever. <laughs> Some place. Definitely not Haddonfield, Illinois. No. Because this movie's not derivative of Halloween in any way. <laughs> yeah, and it's not like his psychiatrist is anything like Dr. Loomis. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> it's a completely original idea. <laughs> but so Michael sneaks out of his house, goes to meet up with the rest of the crew... Uh, as well as Deputy David Schwick, who has been put in charge of watching Chloe. And he he enjoys watching Chloe. Who right. has decided she's she's going to start fucking Brad. Mm-hmm. To, to get back at Michael. And they're like, they're, they're fucking, they're practically fucking in a, in a Denny's. Right. And this deputy's just like, mm. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> put it in her. <laughs> um but yeah they go to the store to try and get beer deputy follows them in he gets stabbed to death or something through a window yeah uh and so then they take off well <laughs> they they go to lovers lane they find uh, the titular lovers lane yeah 
first we see Bradley and Chloe, and she's super into it. She's like, you know, I want I want you to do me, and pulls her tits out, and he's mm-hmm. like, I can't. I don't really know why he says he can't, but he says he can't. I'm not going to repeat for marriage. I'm not going to repeat what she says. Yeah, yeah, she drops the three-letter F-bomb. Well, six-letter. Right. It's the it's the extended version. Right. The, the official version. But yeah, while threatening to kill him. <laughs> she threatens to kill everyone. <laughs> and I think that's pretty indicative of a lot of teenage girls, too. <laughs> like, at least with Michael, she was like, you're going to get it. With him, she's like, I will kill your ass. <laughs> I'm gonna if cut you don't your fuck dick me. off and stick it in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but they get hooked. They get offed. Yeah, and he's like, I'm gonna hook you. <laughs> and he's like, Ha, I hooked you. <laughs> uh, as the rest of the gang is just trying to escape, Doug crashes his car. Everyone is alcohol. <laughs> Doug's got two broken legs now. So they drag him to a farmhouse where uh, Mandy has to set his legs. So, uh, God, I can't remember anybody's names. Janelle sh- shows him her tits to try and distract him. Right. And then Michael's like, what can I say? Your body's a knockout. <laughs> 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 and then Doug would probably would have high-fived him if he was still conscious. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um But so Janelle and Doug stay behind while Mandy and Michael they're going to leave. I don't remember where they were going to go, but I I don't I like completely got lost like <clears throat> around this area of of um, or, or around this time frame in the movie, I just got completely lost, and like because it got so like ridiculous and confusing, I just stopped caring. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mandy spills the beans that her dad or her mom, no, her dad was. Wait, no, her mom was fucking his dad. Her mom was fucking Michael's dad. Yeah, right. And they both died from the hook, like the hook. Yeah. Killed them. And so the hook is coming for them now. Right. Does that make any sense to you? No. <laughs> I'm sitting there, like, like analyzing this whole, like, the whole motivation for this killer. And I don't understand it at all. I it's mean, like, like we so know he... that he was obsessed with her mom. So that makes sense why he might go after her. But I don't know why you would go after Michael. Right. And it's like, how did he even know where they were? It's not like the internet was a really a thing back then. Yeah. It's not like everybody had a Facebook that told you every five minutes where they were. <laughs> right, and you couldn't really like ping their phone or anything like you can do now. Yeah, and you just tracked them down like they had like you had a, them lojacked or something. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but so they go, they take off, they hotwire this car. As they're leaving, they see somebody in front of them. They're sure it's the hook, so they floor it. Turns out it's Kathy, and they kill her. 
<laughs> it's one of my favorite Oops. things in slasher. I love in slasher movies the old, you think it's the killer and it turns out to be your friend. Yeah. I love that. Classic. <laughs> and there's always like the, the look up right before. Right. It's like, oh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> Uh, and then Doug gets hooked in the dick, I think. <laughs> well, did he gets like the killer stabs him in the legs with yeah. kitchen knives, and then starts like he takes his hook and just like puts it under his shirt and just kind of starts like rubbing his torso with the hook. Yeah, and Doug's just like, uh, uh, this isn't what I had in mind. But he's like, keep going, I'm close. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Janelle also gets killed. Right. Fairly anticlimactically. Really? Uh, yeah. Very much so. <laughs> uh, so, meanwhile, Sheriff Tom and Penny, they're off looking for Michael. They go to Tom's brother's house, who is Jack Grief. And they find a shrine to Mandy's mother. Wait, Jack is his brother? Yeah. Oh, man, I totally missed that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what the point of that is, or why they have different last names. Or why Chloe and, uh, what's her face? Uh, Mandy? Yeah, why they act like they don't really even know each other when they're cousins. Yeah. This is a bad movie. I think they were brothers because at one point Jack says little brother Tommy I don't know but there's no reason for them to be is he the killer's brother no okay no right before no <laughs> before this starts getting out of hand uh, you find out that Jack is the is the hooker and uh, <laughs> or the hook <laughs> Um, and he survives a house explosion, and Chloe's also trying to kill people. And yeah, it's then, kind of a uh, mo- it's a daughter daddy type thing. Yeah. Uh, and then Jack gets killed by his own hook at Mandy's hands, and then we find out that Ray, the real hook, has has in fact broken out of the mental institution, and now he's loose, and he's drives off with Tom and Penny in the police car. Right. So, that's Lover's uh, Lane. Yep. It's not, it's not good. It's not that bad. It's, it's pretty bad. Like, I mean, it's like they it, took every teen horror, like 90s teen slasher horror stereotype and cliche and just packed it in tight. Like they were packing like a suitcase for a month-long trip. Just stuffing everything in that they could. And it didn't matter if it made sense. I mean, is it derivative? Yes. <laughs> is it uh, predictable? A little bit. But yep. I mean, it's, it's not terrible. I think it could have been a lot worse. Okay, bro. (laughs) 
I mean, it's you know, it's a typical slasher. It's basically what you'd expect. And like I said, a lot of it is very predictable. You know, you can kind of figure out. You you can figure out who the killer is somewhat quickly. Um, but yeah, there is a lot of stuff that just it seems like it's just kind of thrown in. Yeah, because this this like reads like a cash grab. Like this seems like one of those shitty like uh, knockoff movies uh, that you see like just buried on like Amazon or Netflix that like you, they like trick you to thinking into their <laughs> tricky they trick you into thinking that they're the popular movie but they're really not. This kind of seemed like one of those. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> And it's just like it, like I said, they packed every cliche they could into this, and it's like it didn't matter if it made sense or not. And I mean, the whole movie is a cliche; like it's built around this urban legend. You know, we've all heard the story of the guy with the hook at Lover's Lane. You know, and the hook is hanging from the doorknob or whatever. Right. And they just talk- they took they took that story and turned it into a movie, and then yeah, they you know it's clearly derivative of Halloween. And uh, I know you did last summer. Those are all huge influences, clearly. Right. Let's talk about the hook. Why is it so big? (laughs) I don't know. It was like a uh, Captain Hook type thing. It wasn't like an actual functional prosthetic hook. It was just a big hook. That went like, like over their hand. How impractical is a hook as a weapon? Very. I feel like we maybe talked about this when we did uh, not. Uh, sorry, uh, I know what you did last summer, but like the hook, like you can really only do one thing with it, and that's like hook, hook people. People, <laughs> like you can't can't stab people with it. You can't you knock can, people you can out hit with them. it. You can, sure, you can. Ah, you can, you can bludgeon them. I mean, yeah, if you get a few good whacks, I guess. They're not going to go down with one swing. Uh, It depends on the person, I guess. (laughs) You're being very apologetic for this movie. (laughs) Um, I told you, I didn't think it was that bad. Ah, man. Looking at the release date, I thought it was funny that this takes place around Valentine's Day, but it was released in December. (laughs) Yeah, that's weird. Um, and uh, like so much bad acting. The like, acting is not that... great, but like it's so funny because like the cast of characters and the and the actors all feel like a '90s rom com. Like they don't feel like a '90s slasher. Yeah, they feel definitely. like a uh, you know, like a like a she's all that or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it doesn't read like a horror at all. Or can't it's... hardly wait. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's kind of like not another teen movie except it's not funny <laughs> right um, and it's funny that this came out one year before Scary Movie where mm. Anna Ferris would then mock these kind of movies right <laughs> oh but like yeah so I was saying about the hook it's like it's what Especially when you find out that the killer is actually Jack and um, uh, Man, or sorry, Chloe. Like they, they're the the ones that have been killing people. 
and they're they're using hooks like to make people think that they're uh, was was the guy's name Ray, um, yeah Ray. They're making people think that they're Ray, and they're using a hook. It's like why go through this big elaborate plan? Just get a knife and stab people. It's like <laughs> that's that's why fucking Michael Myers is so effective because he uses a knife. Well, Michael Myers like, is industrious. He uses whatever's around him. Well, true. But his kind of go-to is the kitchen knife. Sure. But he also killed like somebody the, with, the, with the claw end of a hammer once. That was cool. Right, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. The, you know, like, even somebody with, like, a flair for the dramatic, like uh, like Freddy Krueger. He's got the knife glove. It's four knives. They're stabbing and slicing implements. With a hook, you can you can't do jack shit with the hook. <laughs> and it's like if you get if you get or like if you miss, somebody could easily grab it and take it away from you. That's why I feel like so many of the kills are from behind because it's like you have to sneak up on them because you have to get the hook in just the right angle. Yeah, it's like you can't sneak up behind somebody and hook them in the back. You have to like reach around and like hook them in the throat or something. <laughs> the old reach around. Yeah. Anyway, I'll just serve some rent you. Uh. Anyway, the the effects are not great, but really I feel like they uh they know well enough to kind of keep them off screen for the most part. Mm-hmm. Whereas the next movie we'll talk about, on the other hand, <laughs> um. Yeah, I think that's about all I got for this. Unless you have some more to add. Um, I mean, a lot of the dialogue is really dumb. Uh, yeah, and like it, 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 it almost felt like they uh, were ad libbing. Yeah, kind of. But, but just especially when he said, "What can I say? Your body's electric." Like that seemed like really bad ad libbing. Body's I mean, a knockout. What's that? Your body's a knockout. Right. Yes. Sorry. Uh, it seemed like really bad ad living, but it's probably more likely to be a bad script. Well, yeah, there's like a couple parts where it seems like they were trying to add levity and they had like these little jokes. Like he, uh, Michael takes the cigarette lighter out of the car and sticks it in <laughs> Chloe's face. And she gets out and looks herself in the mirror, rearview mirror and goes, damn it, yearbook photos. Right, yeah. It's like little stupid stuff like that that kind of just kills the whole moment. Yeah. I mean, but leading up to that was kind of stupid too because like they're wrestling in this car. Like Chloe sits up behind, like in the back seat behind him and starts trying to, to hook him. And like he takes the time to reach over and... Like he has the time and the wherewithal to reach over and push in the cigarette lighter. Uh, and then like waits around for it to get heated up and pop out. Then he's like hits her in the face with it. And like something like that, that's so easy to do. Otherwise, like you, you have them struggling and he kicks it. Boom. There you go. That makes sense. Sure. Or just, you know, leave it out. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Uh, Yeah. Just this, this whole thing was just, Ridiculous! It seemed like a really cheesy, like almost like a sci-fi channel movie. 
Well, I mean, yeah, it's clearly clearly low budget. It's almost yeah. like a student film. <laughs> it did seem that way, yeah. So I, I I don't know. Maybe I'm being apologetic because I, it is clearly so low budget and so like amateurish that I'm giving it a little more leeway. But I I didn't think it was terrible. I thought it had its moments. I thought it was, you know, it it was a slasher and it it felt like a regular slasher and it wasn't. Uh, I don't know. It wasn't something. It wasn't trying to reinvent the wheel, you know. I suppose. But I don't want to sound like I'm raving about it because it still had plenty of problems. (laughs) It's like they weren't reinventing the wheel, but it was like it wasn't like they made their own wheel. They took somebody else's wheel and put their name on it. Yeah, more or less. It was like they took pieces of several wheels and made yeah. a new wheel. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I mean, the the biggest issue I had with it was is that it was clearly derivative. You know, you can say inspired by or in the tradition of. But, yeah, definitely felt a lot like I Know What You Did Last Summer and certain parts felt very halloween yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it almost seemed like that was its biggest inspiration. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll, I'll give it a... I'll give it a six. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, this is just one of those movies, like, if this was like a student film and like they were doing it for like their final project in, in college or something, I could maybe understand. But if they were just making this because they wanted to make it, um, and if it had like any studio backing whatsoever, then it's just Let's see. First okay, look so studios showcase sure entertainment exist anymore. <laughs> And then showcase just, entertainment that doesn't even have a Wikipedia page, so yeah. I mean, I I can't even really call this a cash grab because I don't really know the story behind it. Uh, and I doubt it made production. that much money, so <laughs> sure. But it just I don't know. It was really poorly done. Like just little things about like acting. <laughs> like you know, a director should expect more out of their cast, but like really didn't seem to. It, it was like they're kind of like a one and done thing like fuck it we'll move on to the next scene ah we got it yeah we'll fix it in post (laughs) but then they didn't (laughs) oh shit i don't know what post means (laughs) um yeah uh i think i'll probably give this like a three all right Yeah, just, this uh, is a uh, this is not easy to find. It used to be on Amazon Video, and then it's not anymore. <laughs> right. So you pretty much have to buy the DVD. Yeah. But or uh, not. yeah, just don't buy the DVD. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, guys, is a movie. Not really sure how to introduce it. I'm just going to call it Hospital Massacre. No, it's X-Ray. 
whatever. So, Hospital Massacre. No, X-Ray. Also known as X-Ray. Also known as Ward 13. And also known as Be My Valentine or Else. Why it has so many different names. What? I'm going with X-Ray because Scream Factory just put out a new Blu-ray of it and they're calling it X-Ray. Okay. All I know is I watched it on Amazon and it, uh, I, it, I purchased it as X-Ray but the title card in the actual movie said Hospital Massacre. So You, you paid for this? Yeah, I tried to find some other ones. And they it's on YouTube, man. Hmm? It's on YouTube. Oh, I know. But like all the ones that I were, was trying to watch were just garbage. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Like just like bad picture, bad sound, other languages. Just, there oh. was no winning. <laughs> all right. One I watched wasn't bad. There was parts where the sound was off, but other than that, it was fine. Hmm. Anyway, so yeah, this movie has four different names. Why? I don't really know. <laughs> I think it has something to do with like different distributors over over the years. That would make sense. Um, but uh, yeah, I think probably the most popular name is X-Ray. I think that's how most people know it. I think so. Um, I don't know what its original name was, like... The, like when they first released it I assume probably Hospital Massacre but I really don't know yeah I mean it's but under anyway. it's, the Wikipedia page is under Hospital Massacre so right but the IMDB page uh, is under X-Ray right um, so this is a movie from 1982 directed by Boaz Davidson Boaz Boaz Roots <laughs> Um, written by Davidson and Mark Bem, and it starred Barbie Benton, who was probably most well known as a Playboy playmate and Hugh Hefner's girlfriend. She was also many on years. the Love Boat. Sure, yeah, <laughs> and Fantasy Island. Right, for like one episode each. Right. Um, she didn't have a very prolific career, which is weird because like, I don't, I don't really know anybody else in this movie, but like, she was definitely the one in here that I would not consider an actress. She's like a model. Yeah. Um, but she was probably the best actress or like the best actor in the movie. Everyone else was really bad. Pretty bad. Yeah. Um, so the movie starts out in, uh, some living room where a little boy and a girl are playing with a train set and then some little kid named Harold 
comes up and he's creeping outside of the living room or the living room window. And um, he leaves a valentine on this girl's doorstep. And this girl's name is Susan. Um, she gets the valentine. And while Harold's standing outside the window watching, her and her friend laugh about it. Uh, they crumble it up and just drop it on the ground. And they're like, ew, Harold. Ew. <laughs> Uh, she goes into the kitchen to very ominously cut a cake with a fucking butcher knife. <laughs> with a machete? Yeah, I mean, like, I, I've seen that kind of knife before. Butchers use it to cut giant pieces of meat. Like, to carve meat off of a bone. That's the kind of knife they use. Yeah, and it's like the size of her forearm. Yeah, nobody, like, and where she kept, like, it was sitting on top of the silverware in the silverware drawer. It's like, A, nobody has that knife. B, nobody would keep that knife in that place. No, they'd have a butcher block or something. Or in, like, a specific drawer meant for, like, knives. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so she cuts this cake and brings it in. She's like, hey, my mommy has some cake. That's it. The, she... the mom wouldn't be like, hey, I left you guys some cake. If you need to cut it, make sure you use the giant fucking knife. Use the cake knife. You know, the big the big knife in the drawer. The one um, that's as big as me? <laughs> yes, that's the cake knife. Uh, she comes back into the living room with the cake and finds her friend hanging from his neck from a hat stand. <laughs> well, she, she finds a model that vaguely resembles her friend. Right, yeah. This is Not... this was, this was mostly what I was talking about when I was mentioning the really bad effects in this one. Yeah, this it's, is very it's clearly great. a dummy. <laughs> you know, granted, this was 1982, and presumably a very low budget. Um, but you know, uh, uh, Friday the Thirteenth Two came out in 1982. And it had much better effects than this. Granted, that was backed by Paramount, so... Yeah. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Anyway, so she's screaming, and Harold's just standing outside, laughing his ass off. Um, and uh, so we jump forward 19 years. Um, now, you may think that Susan's life has just collapsed inward after... Seeing her friend savagely murdered in her living room. But no. She's just grown up. She's gotten married. Had a daughter. Then she got divorced. And got a new boyfriend. Jack. So, you know, things things are going okay for her. (laughs) She doesn't seem to be all all that scarred by the the horrifying murder in her childhood. Not, Not particularly, no. (laughs) <laughs> but on Valentine's Day um, and really this is the only connection to Valentine's Day that this movie has yeah um, I mean he gave her the Valentine but other than that yeah yeah and then yeah Valentine's Day 19, 19 years later that's that's the extent of it um, she has to go to the hospital um, like she leaves work and her husband, her, her ex-husband and her daughter show up outside of the outside of her office building. 
And she's just like, uh, you, you're early or whatever. What's her husband's name? Uh, Harold? Was that? No, that's not right. Um, no, Harold was the ki- the killer kid. Right. I don't know if they ever uh, say it. Ah, uh, they have to. I'm, I'm almost, I'm almost positive they said his name. Um, oh, Tom. Wait. Tom. Yeah. She's like, damn it, Tom, you're early. Can't you do anything right? <laughs> you fucking so idiot. Like she, she's just a total fucking nutbuster right off the bat for no fucking reason. <laughs> and Tom's just like, whatever. Fuck you. Bitch. <laughs> just take your fucking daughter. <laughs> Why don't you go fuck your boyfriend, you whore? <laughs> So she says, uh, she's telling her daughter, okay, I'm going to meet up with you later because uh, I have to go to the hospital and pick up some test results. Um, and uh, so she gets in the car with uh, her boyfriend, Jack, and they go over to the hospital. I like she gets um, in the car with Jack and she's just like, what an asshole. It's like the guy brought her daughter to her with, from what we could see, no complaints. And he just like, you could tell he was doing it kind of begrudgingly, but he did it anyway. And he was very civil, you know, as a lot of people, a lot of divorced couples aren't. <laughs> but she's just right off the bat, can't you fucking do anything right? Yeah, just because he's a little early. Right. Um, what an asshole. <laughs> so she gets to the hospital and as she's or she's telling Jack it's like this should be really quick I'll be in and out um, so just wait for me here she walks inside and we see in a window this guy wearing like full like surgical get up like he's got the gown and the mask and, and the cap um, just completely like he just came out of this uh, operating room staring at her from a window uh, and we come come into the room that he's standing in. You can see him like he's stroking and caressing this picture of Susan when she was a kid. I want to take this time to comment on the fact that that little girl did not grow up to be Barbie Benton. Oh no, she's a little blonde-haired girl with freckles, and Barbie Benton is not blonde and has no freckles. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh. See, well, so like, she, like she gets the... there and she's like, you know, I'm here to pick up some test results. And the, the nurse is like, well, you got to go to the eighth floor of this room. And then there's this creepy yeah. janitor that just like watches her walk down the hallway. Yeah. And that's the thing about this movie. It's like, you know, in, in a movie where, where you don't know who the killer is, where it's like a mass killer or it's like, you know, a killer POV type movie, you're constantly guessing who the killer is. But this movie puts that into fucking overdrive because it makes you, like, it intentionally makes you think that every single person in the movie could be the killer. Oh, yeah, there's red herrings everywhere. Yeah, and they're just over the top. They're not even clever. <laughs> it's like, it's like yeah, the creepy janitor. Sure, it could be the janitor, but why? Why would it be the janitor? <laughs> Other than him just being a psycho. Just being creepy. Uh, yeah. yeah, 
And then there are like nurses that are like helping her into her into her uh, room, or the doctor that's helping her. And it's like everybody can be the killer. One night she gets in the elevator and she pushes the button. She accidentally goes to the ninth floor. When it opens, there's these three guys in gas masks standing right. there. Yeah, he's like, "We're fumigating this floor, honey. You better get back on the elevator." <laughs> it's like, what is happening? <laughs> Did she did she go through the looking glass at some point? <laughs> <laughs> like what fucking world is this? Yeah. It's bonkers. <laughs> but the elevator stalls out because this guy in the I mean, we'll just call him the killer because you already know he's the killer. Um he uh he shuts down the elevator uh while she's going up. And in that time, he goes and kills her doctor. Um, and the and creepy janitor. And the creepy janitor, um, who actually turns out to be a pretty solid guy, because he finds out, he finds the doctor murdered, and he goes to find help and finds the killer. He says, hey, man, the doctor, Jake, or Dr. Jacobs, Jacobs yeah. is that her name? Yeah, Jacobs. Dr. Jacobs is dead in there. we got to find some help. <laughs> and then he gets his face dunked in a vat of acid. Right, yeah. Because <laughs> there's vats of acid laying around hospitals. Right, yeah, naturally. You know, you never know when you're going to need a bunch of, like, sulfuric acid for those day-to-day hospital needs. Sure, in a sink. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, uh, da, 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 da. So she kills the doctor, he kills the doctor and um, switches out Susan's paperwork, like her x-rays and all of her test results, um, which is like constantly referred to as test results. Never says exactly what they're looking for, just test results. Yeah, and at one point, like they tell her, there's like, well, there's a discrepancy in your test results. And she's like, yeah. She's like, am I going to be okay? And they, they like, the doctor looks at the nurses and he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah and I'm like, my part. the doctors, Go doctors aren't going to fucking lie to you like that. <laughs> There's this one part where, where he, uh, like, things have gotten, like, progressively more serious. Like, she was just, she just came into the hospital to get her test results. And you find out it's because she started a new job, and her insurance at her job needs, uh, just like, like a physical checkup of some sort. So, she goes in to get her test results, and, uh... So her, her doctor's dead, but nobody knows that. So they, she can't be found anywhere. Yeah, everyone's looking for so Dr. She, Jacobs. Yeah. And so they find this other... She, she runs into this uh, intern, uh, Harry, um, and he directs her to this other doctor, Dr. Saxon. And he takes a look at her test results. And repeatedly throughout this movie, they take out these x-rays um, and... You know, hold them up to the light and just have these very like concerned, like grievous looks on their face. Yeah, but never actually say what's wrong. No, but they're they, like, like we're they... gonna need to keep you for observation. Yeah, but they never explain like... to her why. No doctor yeah, would no... do that. <laughs> it's like if you like went in for like a t- cancer screening or something, and like they took like a chest X-ray and found you know spots on your lungs or something, and say, well. We found some concerning spots that, you know, we want to take a look at. We don't want to alarm you. You know, just that typical stuff. It's like, we, yeah. don't want to, we don't want to blow out of proportion, but we want to be sure. We want to take a look and make sure that everything's okay. 
This she just said. Just said. Hmm. All right, we're gonna admit you and, and take a look at you overnight. It's like, well, why? Just get in the bed. <laughs> There's some concerning things. <laughs> and at one point, like because things she's repeatedly tried to leave and just can't seem to get out of this hospital because everybody, like she she continually gets caught and like uh, they they escort her back to her room. These two Amazon nurses. Like, yeah, these giant fucking nurses who could also possibly be the killer. We don't know. Yeah. Um, they could all be simultaneously the killer. We don't, we really don't know. <laughs> but at one point she just the doctor she's talking to the doctor and she's like, "Is this serious?" And he's like, "No, no." And he's like, "Tell me the truth. It might be serious." <laughs> it's like, "What?" What's crazy? What like, hospital is this? He's like, we're going to have to detain you, and we're going to have to keep you here for, like, four nights. She's like, is it serious? <laughs> no. What? <laughs> Why would you have it's to like, keep me here for four nights if it's not serious? <laughs> it's like, is this some, like, shitty inner city hospital that only takes HMOs? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> like, it's, you know it, what this it, reminded me of? Unsane? Yes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's it's like they were just uh, trying to keep her there to, to sap her insurance with useless tests. Or like stall until the killer could get her. Right, yeah. Like they, they felt like they were all in on it. Yeah. It's like we're all the killer in unison. <laughs> um, anyway. You're the killer now, Susan. What? What does that even mean? <laughs> So she's been in the hospital for hours at this point. Oh, hours. wait, 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 wait. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dr. Saxon, when he first sees her, he's like, okay, well, there's some discrepancies in your new tests from your old tests. So I'm going to need you to strip down buck naked. Yes. So I can touch your feet and give you a shot. <laughs> Yeah, like nothing he did wife. required her to take her clothes off. <laughs> for so, for some reason, my wife was watching this ridiculous shit with me, and like that part happened, and so he 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 lays her down on the bed. Like he says, "Okay, go behind that screen, take off your clothes, and put on the gown." So she does exactly that. She comes in, or she comes back out. She's wearing the gown, and she sits down on the exam table, and he pulls the gown off of her. So she's just she's just sitting there topless, and then he like with her, her huge hair. puffy nipples. Oh, they're so weird, so puffy. The what is I don't know eighties eighties boots were weird. I don't know. Um, but then she he like pulls her hair over her shoulders to like cover up her boobs or something, and then he like lays her back on the table, and then yeah starts like caressing up her legs. And then he does like that tapping thing where like on your stomach. I don't really know what the purpose of that is, but yeah, doctors do that. <laughs> um, and then uh, then he like like works his hands up her, up her torso, like onto her chest, or not like not feeling her up. But then he gets a stethoscope and checks her heart. And then yeah, he puts a um, a um, the the rubber strip. Uh, tourniquet. Thank you. Tourniquet. Puts tourniquet on her and then draws blood. It's like, 
what? And this whole thing feels like it takes like 10 fucking minutes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what is happening here? I would file a, like the biggest fucking sexual harassment lawsuit this hospital's ever seen. No shit. All of those tests could have been done with her and fully clothed. Right. And like, what? What? who gave this doctor the go-ahead to do this to her? That's not He's her not doctor. not her doctor. <laughs> so, anyway, so she goes back to her room now because now she's going to stay there the night. And um, she continually tries to get out of the hospital, um, but then she also tries to figure out what her test results are. That's all she wants. She just wants to know what her test results are. All of this could have been avoided by making a phone call. Right. <laughs> um, so she's uh, eventually uh, outside. Jack wakes up in the car. He's been sleeping in this fucking car for hours at this point. And he wakes up like it's no big deal. Like, I would wake up and see it was nighttime. I'm like, how fucking long have I been here? Um, Why am I sleeping in my car? (laughs) And he goes into the hospital, finds Susan, and, uh, what's, like, um, they try to leave, and then she gets stopped, and Dr. Saxon tells Jack he can go wait elsewhere. Um... Doesn't say for how long or exactly why. <laughs> um, but it's like, I, I've never seen a hospital like this because you're you're allowed to leave. You can leave a hospital unless they think you're going to do like self-harm. Right. <laughs> you can leave a hospital. Um, well, he's like, do you need to check yourself out? And she's like, I never checked in. You're right. Yeah. And then she's like, I don't know where my clothes are. Fuck it. Let's just leave. Um, There's also like and, weird, random, crazy people walking around. Yeah, and she's like, yeah, she shares this room with these three creepy old ladies. And there's a sloppy Joe guy. Oh, right, yeah. Well, I don't know what the fuck that guy deal, deal, that well, guy's deal was. I'm pretty sure he's just but... pulling off a bottle of Jaeger the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, but then he's, like, playing drunk, but he's not actually drunk. Yeah, it's I don't like, know what the hell's going on. And it's like, that was probably the guy they were leading you most to believe was the killer. Yeah. Um... But it's like you come you come to find out, like as the movie progresses, that like the degree to which they make you like they're trying to convince you that they could be the killer, that person is definitely not the killer. Right. It's like the person that they spend as little time convincing you is the killer. That's actually the killer. And to that effect, it was zero surprise. <laughs> Especially when they just phoned in the the identity reveal too. Oh yeah. Um. So, uh, she hooks up with, uh, with Harry, and Harry leads her to Doctor Jacobs. Up. Well, like she talks to him because he's been kind of helping her. Right. He seems to be the only one that they're what? not fucking. <laughs> not that kind of hooks up. Um, he uh, he's been kind of trying to help her get some answers because nobody else seems to really want to want to tell her anything. And he's the one that actually suggests that maybe they're like trying to con her out of money by keeping her in the hospital. Yeah, he says they're pulling a con job on you. Right. Um. So he uh, he leads her to Doctor Jacobs' office, and they get into her um, uh, 
file cabinet. It's like, I'm wondering why this intern has the key to a doctor's private uh, file cabinet. (laughs) But suspension of disbelief, he opens it and he looks at her file and says, there's nothing wrong with you. We need to get you out of here. Uh, so she goes back to his room, back to her room, kind of waiting for Harry to sort all this out. And as she's sleeping, uh, the killer comes in with this big red box. Um, when he leaves, and she's like, she's actually not sleeping; she's just kind of faking it. When the killer leaves, she rolls over and opens up the box, and inside is Jack's head. So she loses her fucking mind, runs away. Um, and f- runs into Dr. Saxon and the nurses who just seem to be running like, uh, like a fucking gang in the hospital. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, they lead her back to the room and there's the box still sitting there, but it's all wrapped up again. Um, and so Dr. Saxon opens it and inside is just a big ass cake. Similar to the one from the beginning. Right. Cause that's what you do. You, you just have cakes in the hospital. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's Valentine's people just, Day. <laughs> people just bring you cakes. Um, so, uh, let's see. Yeah, so they, they're starting to, th- like, she's starting to think that everybody else thinks she's crazy. Um, they kind of do. She's still, well, yeah, they definitely do at this point. Um, da, da, da. Then... Um, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of running around. I mean, there's nothing really specific to talk about. People die, you know, just random nurses, random doctors are getting killed left and right. Um, nothing particularly interesting. <laughs> like no, nothing, nothing really stands out. Like like the acid bath or anything like that, or hanging a doctor upside down in a, in a locker bay. Um, so one person doesn't uh, get killed with a hatchet, and I was like, where did you get a hatchet? Right. <laughs> Yeah, that was uh, that was Doctor Saxon. He was like in a like the file room or something, and um, yeah, he gets like uh, clipped in the back of the head with a hatchet and just dies right there. And Susan sees that, um, and so she just runs around the hospital telling everybody that there's a killer on the loose, and nobody fucking believes her. Um, and so obviously, Sax- yeah. So Saxon's little buddy, Doctor. Uh, uh, and fucking giant nurses manhandle her down to a gurney and strap her down. Um, and then they're going to perform emergency surgery. Uh, doesn't really specify what kind of surgery because we still don't know what they think is wrong with her. <laughs> but I mean, I would it, think lobotomy. Do... Right. Um, yeah, so they're going to do this emergency surgery. Um, and... Uh, so then, like all the this doctor and the nurses, then they get killed by the killer, um, and she, the killer wheels her into like this empty operating room, and she manages to struggle herself loose and pulls off uh, the killer's mask, and who is it but Harry, or Harold? Oh, yeah. Didn't really think that one through, did you guys? Or at least you didn't care. <laughs> And I like that he like takes the time to explain it too. He's like Harry, Harold. <laughs> remember duh. the remember, remember the guy. <laughs> um, and she's like saying, "Well, what do you want?" And oh, this says, is the fucking money line, been. though. 
Right. It says, what I've always wanted. Your heart. Oh, that's money. That's good. <laughs> that's going to bring in the big bucks, guys. That's, put that on the poster. And seats. <laughs> um, so uh, he tries to slice her open. But With a pizza stabs. cutter. <laughs> she manages to grab, I think it's like a scalpel, and stabs him and runs away. Um, she runs up to the roof and uh, Harry's hot in pursuit. Um, then she, she sets him on fire, but I don't remember how. Do you remember? No. Oh, wait, she, he gets doused in something and she's just, she's been fiddling. She's a smoker. <laughs> it's like, uh, right, she smokes in the hospital. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh, the good old days when you could smoke inside hospitals. <laughs> um, but she's just through the entire movie. She's been fiddling with this fucking lighter. It's just like, oh, maybe that's going to come into play at some point. Well, here it is, because he gets doused in something, I think. Um, and then she lights him on fire with this lighter. Um, and then he falls off the roof and goes splat on the street. Um, the next morning, Susan literally just walks out of the hospital. <laughs> she gets dressed, meets up with her ex-husband and her daughter, and end the movie. It's so weird how it's just, like, all of a sudden over. Yeah. And it's like, she wasn't getting questioned by police. She wasn't there for, like, real observation to see if she was injured. Or, like, (laughs) mentally scarred. Right. She just gets dressed and walks the fuck out of the hospital. (laughs) And has this loving reunion with her daughter and her ex-husband. And it wasn't like she had just been through, like, this devastating... uh, experience for the second time in her life but it was like she was just coming back from a week-long business trip and like seeing her daughter after a week yuck it was fucking ridiculous and totally wrong for the scene it's like yeah it was like they filmed another like half hour and they were like well this is too long just use that last part right but it's it's almost like or it's like you you know you guys that just made this movie you remember what happened right <laughs> like you didn't forget what what the like the last hour and a half just showed us right <laughs> oh man what a fucking ridiculous movie <laughs> i mean i'd i'd heard of this before uh under different names and i like up until probably like Maybe a year or two ago, I didn't actually put together that they were the same movie. Um, but I'd never actually seen this before. Uh, and Jesus Christ, what a fucking ridiculous hunk of shit. <laughs> yeah, it's it's ridiculous. There, there's The whole feel of it is just like you wonder if she's actually crazy at points. And it's like, yeah. is you know... Like, like unsane, even though that came out years later, but it was like, is she crazy or are they actually sinister or what is going even going on here? Yeah, but th- it's not it's not like that was their goal. Was yeah, but it's that. none of that. None of that yeah. is relevant to anything. It, it was strictly just that you were overthinking it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like you were reading too deeply into a very shallow movie. <laughs> All it was was that the killer kept switching her paperwork. Right, yeah. And, like, 
He's very good at it too. Like it was zero challenge for him to switch out all this like confidential paperwork. Yeah. That was apparently just laying around in a hospital. <laughs> it's like, I'm not a doctor, but I know what HIPAA is. <laughs> and I know that hospitals can get shut down for shit like that. <laughs> like the one point where the nurse is typing something up and he like kills her and pulls out that paper and puts his own paper in the typewriter and then runs away. <laughs> fucking ridiculous but for whatever reason the filmmakers decided we're gonna take that and we're gonna use it to convince you that either maybe she's crazy or there's some kind of sinister plan going on (laughs) right oh christ Uh, this was absurd it's it's bonkers and the and the effects are terrible yeah i think they blew their wad on the guy lighting himself on fire and jumping off the roof Oh, definitely. You know that was their fucking blockbuster uh, spot right there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's like I'm I'm kind of on the fence. Is like this is a ridiculous movie, and it wasn't very good. Like the acting was terrible, the story was stupid, and it wasn't even filmed very well. Like, regardless, it was 1982, but still, it just wasn't done very well. Um. And uh, but I'm like trying to decide. It's like. Did I have fun with it because it was so stupid? That's the thing. It's kind of enjoyable. I mean, I guess. I just have a hard time. It's like, this is so dumb. And it's like, I guess I'm just not really sure how I want to rate it. It's like, because this was not made as a comedy. (laughs) Right. But like, probably the most enjoyable thing about it was the laughs that I got because things were done so dumb, like poorly. (laughs) Yeah. But. I don't know. I mean, I guess basically when it comes down to it, I just want to rate it on whether you could sit there and, you know, not be in agony just begging for the minute you can turn it off. So, I don't know. Yeah, I thought it was enjoyable. And I mean, you know, like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense why there's this mystery of of who is sinister and who what kind of plot is going on or if if Susan is actually crazy or, you know, none of that is relevant in the least. But while you're right. watching it, you're kind of like, wait, is this really what's going on? Like, Yeah. And yeah. It's, it yeah. kind of gives a, a different dimension to just being a basic slasher. Right. Totally unintentionally, though. <laughs> I want to note that. I don't know about that. Oh, come on. You don't think they would have been a little more clever than to change his name from Harold to Harry? Well, that's a different thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, I mean, you know, looking at like quotes from other uh, other critics, you know, saying uh, it had zero plot was but was still a bloody fun time. Uh, X-ray is kind of dumb and ridiculous, sometimes deliberately and other times not so much. Even though there's basically no gore to speak of, plenty of the red stuff still gets sloshed around. The hospital backdrop opens itself up for some gleefully twisted and frequently medical themed kills. So yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, it's it's ridiculous. It's not entirely well made, but it's kind of enjoyable. Yeah. Okay. Here's here, here's a good quote. It's same person. Uh, it's an '80s '80s slasher junk food. Yeah, I think that's a perfect description. <laughs> a lot of Halloween so, influence in this one too. Uh, yeah, I, I think probably Halloween too, mostly. Yeah. Well, I mean the hospital setting for sure. 
but and yeah. they use like the the killer's perspective which you know halloween i think was the first to really do that right yeah well um yeah so let me be clear in saying this is not a good movie (laughs) the the story's dumb the acting is bad and the effects are very very bad that being said it's like yeah I mean I don't know that I'd pay for it again but if I like if I could find a watchable copy on, on on YouTube or if somebody else had it and I was watching it with them I probably wouldn't turn it down um, so I guess I'll give it a f- five this is the kind of movie that would make a great drunken cinema yeah just because it's yeah, it's not something you really have to focus super hard on and it's something you can laugh at mm-hmm. you don't have to laugh with it right <laughs> because nobody's laughing <laughs> right um, and it's just so ridiculous. Uh, I'm going to give it a six. All right. All right. Well, that's it, guys. We have made it to the end. And I uh, guess we won't know until later if this all worked out in our favor. <laughs> yeah. But if it does, then we'll know for the future <clears throat> that if we're not able to meet up again, then we can record separately. This is a viable option, hopefully. Hopefully. Anyway, um, so happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Hope that you uh, uh, have a nice time with your significant others. Or if you don't have some. Yeah, get some of that sex. (laughs) Um, I think I'll probably use Let's Talk About Sex for the end song. (laughs) Sounds good. Um, anyway, but yeah, uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks with a brand new special episode. It's probably assuming we're not buried under snow. Right. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. We'll we'll play it by ear (laughs) since this seems like it's never going to end. Um, anyway, but yeah, in a couple weeks, we are going to be watching a couple new movies. Taylor, what are those? Uh, in honor of Women in Horror Month, we're going to be watching a couple of movies directed by women. We will be watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer and <laughs> Jennifer's Body. Oh, yeah. Are you pumped? You know, Jennifer's Body is one of those movies that seems like it's critically planned, but people seem to like it. So I'm interested to kind of break it down. And then Buffy's just great. So, yeah, Buffy's I'm stoked. Just, Buffy's just classic. Yeah, I don't know. I've only seen Jennifer's body once, and I remember not liking it. But I don't know. That was years ago. Maybe I'll give it. Another, or I guess I have to give it another shot. But we'll see how it goes. Anyway, so um, we'll catch up with you in a couple weeks, guys. Until then, Taylor, where can people find us? They can find us at graveplotpodcast.com, as well as wherever you subscribe to your podcast. Leave us a rating and review. We will send you a free magnet if you email us and let us know about it. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram as Grave Plot Podcast or on Twitter as Grave underscore Plot. And if you want some exclusive content in exchange for helping out the show monetarily, head over to patreon.com slash Grave Plot Podcast. Yeah. Help us out. Give us money. We like all the money. I like money. <laughs> all right, guys. So uh, until next time, I am Skeletoni. 
I am Taylor of Terror. This has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. Come on. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about sex.